I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Rob Norman. I'm Andrew Norton. And this is Personal Best. There's tons of reasons why people find dating challenging. Bad breakups? Impossible expectations? Julia has a different problem. I am bad at texting. I'm really bad at it. (laughs) How important is texting when you're dating these days? I would say like a thousand percent importance because so much of dating is like dating apps. I'd been in a long-term relationship. And then when I was like, okay, like I think I'm ready to start dating now, the universe just said, nope, no, you're not. I'm what I would describe as aggressively single. It's such a sea of just like selfies and like really desperate bios. You're like, how can I convey the complexity of my personhood very quickly so that somebody's interested? What's weird is, in real life, Julia's confident, warm, great at conversation. But all of that doesn't show up on screen, even when she tries to text a simple hello. I was trying to think of something, like, interesting that wasn't just like, hey, what's up? And I said, I recently started biking again, and I'm covered in bruises. This is embarrassing. Sorry, this is right at the gates? (laughs) Yeah, right at the (laughs) gates. Guys, I told you! I told you I'm not good at this! This is so bad. And there's this one opening line that Julia's used that's become like a legend within her group of friends. The lasagna line. What exactly is the lasagna line? (laughs) Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. I had said, I just made a lasagna, what are you up to? (laughs) How many times have you used that one? I don't know, I used it for like a solid weekend. (laughs) Guys, I didn't realize it was this bad. And it's not just internet dating. It's office group chats, text messages to friends living out of town, to family, even to her best friend. She remembers the exact moment when all of this became clear. It was my best friend and my sister. And I was like, man, we don't text that much, eh? And they're like, yeah, that's because you're horrible at texting. And I was like, well, I know I'm not great. But they're like, yeah, no, like, you can't have a conversation on text. And it's so surprising because in other ways of her life, she's such a 10 and then just plummets in this one area. That's Alex, Julia's dedicated proofreader of text messages. Also her roommate. So she's texting this guy she met at a party. And they're talking about their weekends. And he goes, I just got back from Chicago. Uh, was there for the weekend watching baseball. No big deal. Uh, now having a beer on a little local patio. And Julia says, uh, let's see here. She goes, dang, Chicago. I hear they have world-class basketball. And reading here, he said baseball. And she starts talking about basketball. <laughs> and then she goes in brackets. I don't watch sport. First of all, who calls it sport? I don't think she's clueless. She's crushing her career, like all these things. And, and she has no problem talking to her boss about things she really wants. 
she helps me feel confident in, in times that I'm not. And so I'll just be like, Julia, this is ridiculous that you're feeling this way. Like, what would you say to me if I was feeling this way? Maybe if Julie could have an out-of-body experience, she'd give herself the perfect advice that'd solve this problem. Whatever the case is, this is more than just about flirting on a dating app. I think that there is definitely an element of like, can I exist in today's society? So the solution here isn't just coming up with better pickup lines for Julia. It's more than just dating, even. Totally. I just always want it to sound like me. I would love to improve, but I always wanted to sound like true to my own inner voice. It's like the cartoon Aladdin. The genie makes him a prince, but it's not himself. It's not yes. his words. And so Jasmine falls in love with him, but he's never sure if it's truly him mm-hmm. or not. Actually, looking back, that's not really the plot of Aladdin. Sounded good, though. Yeah. There's definitely like a piece of it where it's just like, I want to date. I want to be completely vulnerable while sharing like nothing about myself. <laughs> It's like, how do I achieve all these goals? You know what I mean? You, you write about lasagna is how you do it. You write about lasagna for sure. Is that what this is? About vulnerability? I guess it's like two-pronged. One, it's like a show of vulnerability. And then also, I guess not feeling like I have the right words. So it's a, it's a translation issue from, from your brain to electronics. Yeah. You might think that language is a kind of like big clumsy work gloves and you've got to pick up a dime, you know. This is A.F. Moritz. He specializes in translation, specifically translating poetry. Imagine how hard that is. He's not just translating words, but tone, metaphor, subtext, meaning. And really, anytime you communicate, you're translating, taking a thought and its meaning to you and trying to convey it to someone else. That's right. You know, we say, I'm groping for words to express something. That means you've got some kind of feeling, and you don't know exactly how to express it. I can explain what it means, but that's different from translating it. How do I get something that has the right feel and all the charm with which it's said, or the pain with which it's said? And it's even more difficult when you add texting to the mix. These technologies have a nature to them that pushes you to be very brief and impersonal. So, you know, you lose humor, you lose naturalness, you tend to lose the difference between seriousness and just being sober and explanatory. That is a task that often impresses you with a kind of despair and sense of your your inadequacy. The challenge in poetry is taking these big things, tone, these thoughts, these deep feelings, and and trying to concisely translate them. It's like text messaging is a form of poetry. Yes. I would say very much. It's like poetry if you think to yourself, I want to say something really good and really effective, and I've got to use the powers of language, and I've got to use them within a fairly restricted space. So the magic is making it seem exactly like normal speech, and yet it has artistic concision and power, right? You're faced with a challenge kind of like that for these short forms like text messages. Keats, Maya Angelou, other poetry people, 
Julia has to take some solace in the fact that she's not alone in her struggle to translate her thoughts into words. Definitely. Definitely. I think the difficulty with discussing such a thing like this is immediately it becomes theoretical. As soon as you start thinking about something, you're half not doing it, and it becomes the theory of it, right? So, yeah, you don't want to overthink these things, and you don't want to be saying, unless I get this exactly bloody right, it's going to be a disaster, you know, everybody will hate me. That's not true. You should give it some thought, but also let it have some spontaneity, right? That's the thing about Julia. She's so in her own head, it's impossible to be spontaneous. To me, this seems more about connecting with Julia's authentic self. I, I'm still hung up on this idea of Julia giving advice to Julia. Like a, like a look in the mirror and tell yourself you're worth it kind of thing? Not exactly. Um, I have this idea. It's a very dumb one, but I think it could work. What if we clone Julia? But like, for real. So far, we haven't been able to connect Julia with her authentic self. My solution? We create a doppelganger. So, like a copy of Julia? Yes, but way better. It's someone with Julia's personality and thoughts, basically a twin who gives us insight into what it's like to actually be an authentic Julia. Like, how do you want to do this? Some amateur sorcery. To summon our doppelganger, we've secured a series of spooky spell components. 20 pages of transcripts from our interviews with Julia. Selfies from her Instagram. A pretty good lead on a brown wig. And finally, a willing body to complete the invocation and become Julia. Hold on, this makes absolutely no sense. No, it makes complete sense. We get a doppelganger. We get like a classically trained method actor and we let her become Julia. This is like skirting the issue. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. (laughs) What is she learning from that? Why would the doppelganger be any better than just Julia herself at texting? Because she's going to bring an outside perspective to Julia's experience and give us insight. So just to reiterate, we're going to find an actor. Method actor. A method actor. So through their craft, they're going to figure out really what's inhibiting Julia. They're going to help her get over it and be a better text messenger. I think this is the best idea we've ever had. I've ever had. I don't want to get on this train, but I want to see where this train is going. Now that Andrew is clearly 100% invested in this idea, I call my friend Michaela. She's an actress who just happens to specialize in something called verbatim theater. What I do as a verbatim theater performer is I take actual text spoken by real people and I try and synthesize it into a character on stage that is true to what it is they want as people. My job as an actor is bringing people's realities to life in a way that other people can understand. So she'll read a bunch of historical documents, pages of interviews, and portray that real-life person on stage. But our doppelganger needs to observe Julia in real life. So during one of our interviews, we station Michaela behind a two-way mirror. And by that, you mean we give her my black hoodie and have her hide in the producer booth with the lights turned off. It's been so long since we last talked to you. So we. This will be a quick so Michaela is lurking in the other room. 
like, we interview Julia. Like conversational texting is like not my game. Let's just get to the meat. Like, hey, do you want to get a drink? Like, let's skip this bullshit conversation. So Michaela comes back into the studio like, and she shows us her Julia character, not an impression. She shows us her full Julia. We're not going to play that tape yet. But trust me, it's startling. This whole thing is so weird. <laughs> it, it's clear, though, that she's done her homework. I respect that. Uh, I would describe her as someone who is very confident and who knows who she is. So she's not socially awkward, but her nervousness around it is causing her to overthink what's going on. We've completed the ceremony. But what were the chances our doppelganger plan would actually succeed? I don't know. Pretty good. I sourced a brown wig, so we'll find out. That's all we need, really. Yeah. While Rob continues his obsession with this doppelganger, I have a different theory to help Julia. So I meet her not far from the CBC building, down at the harbor front. I have a special activity in mind. So what exactly is happening here? Rob, have you seen the uh, 2004 film Garden State? Yes. I haven't seen it since, like, I was in university. Um, but I remember this scene. I don't remember any context about it. And, and it's kind of like the famous scene from it, right? Where oh, they're, like, no. they're standing above this quarry, and they call it the Infinite Abyss. Good luck exploring the Infinite Abyss. And, like, Zach Braff. Natalie Portman. Post-Star Wars Natalie Portman. They're all standing above this thing they call the Infinite Abyss. Simon and Garfunkel is playing. Everything kind of crescendos into this scene. And they just take turns screaming into it, this primal scream. Are you planning to do this with Julia? I'm going to find my own infinite abyss for Julia, where she is unencumbered by what people will think of what she says. And I want her to yell text messages that she wishes she could send. I want to get her out of her head. So we're going to somehow teach texting through canoeing. I'm excited. So the first step is finding the canoe that we rented. Now, these are kayaks, correct? These are kayaks. Canoes are somewhere. Next, I carefully secure our expensive CBC recording gear. Do we want to put stuff in a dry bag? Is that a thing? And then we're in the water. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like literally having canoed since I was eight at camp. Associate producer Jess Shane is steering from the back. Julia paddles in front. I'm in the middle, suddenly hyper aware of how long my giant limbs are. Not not really a water person. We paddle around in search of a quiet spot. So I pictured this being a little more serene. Turns out we're only about 200 feet from an airport, but we find what appears to be the most isolated spot within the area we're allowed to canoe in, according to the laminated map that came with the rental. I really can't get over this day. It's so gorgeous. It's time for Julia to yell into the infinite abyss. Even if the abyss isn't quite as infinite or as empty as I'd like. This is your chance to yell the things you wish you could say on text messages. Okay. Julia scrolls through her phone and finds unanswered text messages. She's going to reply to them by yelling her message into the lake. Uninhibited by worrying about tone or if she's going to come across not how she intended. Hey, how's your night? How was that? Um, I don't... Um... uh, I don't know. Is everything okay? You seem off. Or is that me? (laughs) I guess that's it. Okay, she's off to a bit of a slow start. 
So we move on to some messages from her dating app. Do you want to go get a drink with me? I think we need to yell it though. And don't make eye contact with the people in the yacht because they'll think you're talking to them. Do you want to go get a drink with me sometime? This is so hard. <laughs> I look around and all the boats that have once surrounded us have slowly cleared out. Our canoe is the only thing in the water. The abyss is empty. Probably because of the yelling. Now's my chance for this big moment I'm after. I asked Julia, aside from this stupid yelling text messages idea, is there anything else she'd like to yell in the middle of the water? Into the abyss. Is there anything else I would like to say... Oh, fuck this. <laughs> Not you, but just like, I feel like I've been thinking about this so much now. And I'm just like, this whole like concept of like not being heard is so exhausting. <laughs> yes, that's off. The Infinite Abyss. It's working. In the spirit of Garden State, a film the late Roger Ebert called Smart and Unconventional, I join in too. All the while, Simon and Garfunkel swelling in my head. Why don't they play music in the CBC men's room? You can hear everything in there. I'm trying my best. Honestly, I'm going to yell mine again because that felt really good. I'm trying my best. Ah, that felt great. That was worth it for that moment. This is just a, a text that I haven't sent because I don't know what to say. <laughs> hey, I really still want to get that drink with you. If you're down, please just let me know either way. This is somebody, I'm not like super close friends with them, but we were hanging out a little bit before they left. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> That's all I want to say. Now she's into it. It's like the lightning round. She's clearing this backlog of texts into the lake. Hey, how was your day? Hey, how's it going? Hey, is everything okay? You seem off. Hey, this is super delayed. Do you want to go out sometime? <laughs> As the sun sets, we paddle back towards the city. Maybe Julia can send concise, normal text messages, at least on a lake. It's kind of like just allowing each conversation to not be all the conversations you need to have. Right, it's almost just like you gotta say, it's, it's just a text. <laughs> it's almost as if it's just a text. Crazy. While you were on the lake, someone, something, is waiting for Julia on the shore. Not literally waiting on the shore, in a CBC studio. But soon, the real Julia is going to meet herself for the first time. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. 
What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I, I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Julia is a woman who can't send text messages. So naturally, Rob hired an actress to become her in hopes of helping her. The idea is that she'll give Julia the perfect advice on how to be her authentic self. So Rob sets up this meeting. We book the studio. Julia is all set to go. The doppelganger is set. But the only day we can make this work is on the day that Rob can't make it. So it was up to me, despite my reluctance, to take Rob's weird idea and make it happen. So I did it. And when Rob got back, I sat him down in the studio and let him know how everything went. Yeah, the doppelganger thing. (laughs) Here's how I felt. It was actually like a supply teacher, and I had just walked into the weirdest lesson I'd ever seen. I open the door to the studio and walk Julia in. Right here, yeah. She sits down at the mic. Julia, meet Julia. (laughs) So there's like this strange woman sitting across from her that she's never met before, wearing the exact same clothes. She's got a backwards hat on just like Julia. She's got this brown wig on. Real talk, is your real name Julia though? Obviously my name is Julia. Okay, cool. And we figured you can ask some questions. Oh, to your doppelganger, to someone who knows you. Great. And can give you deep insight into who you are. Perfect. Trepidatious? Oh, How are you feeling? Oh, the most. Trepidatious is, I think, maybe like a wild understatement. <laughs> but great. I'm excited. Let's get to know me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm, I don't know, nervous about talking to people and connecting. <laughs> this is so <laughs> Are you feeling confident that this is a person who knows you and can give you insight into yourself? I feel confident that this is the creepiest thing I've ever done. So kudos to you. Uh, Sounds like she just wants to walk out the door right now. Yeah. I'm immediately sweating. I think we can both be pretty comfortable because we know each other very well. It's true. Uh, Okay. So I kind of wrote down a question here that says, how to be in the moment without getting carried away. And I think that that is like ultimately the thing that often like impedes my texting. That's a really good question. <laughs> I think if what I want to do in a text is say, hey, I just made lasagna from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> then I can do that. And sometimes people will get it and they'll be interested too. And it'll be a fun thing. So. I just need to trust myself a little more. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't come from a place of overthinking. It should come from a place of, this is a fun thing I want to do. And I want to say, hey, want to cut the bullshit? (laughs) And just go for a drink? Because I think we're both here to date, and I like your profile. I'm going to write that down verbatim and use it later, just just to be clear. (laughs) Do you know that you said that? In your transcripts? Did I say that? Yeah. Guys, this is too much. I can't believe I said that. That's so crazy. You had your hands over your face. I don't, I, no, this is like a lot. It's almost like I feel like I have like sympathy for myself in the fact that it's just like, I'm so clearly trying so hard. Can I ask me a question? Um, what is it you see? I think I just see like somebody who's like, I don't want to cry. Um, Just like really trying to be understood. 
just trust yourself. Thank you. You have my vote of confidence. <laughs> Any last words for Julia? Oh, you look great. <laughs> Thank you. So do you. Thank you. Well, I got some unintended therapy through a doppelganger that studied my life and terrified the radio host by crying openly in a room. How was your night? (laughs) Whoa, that did not go at all how I expected, but it seemed like there was actually some really valuable insight. I mean, I guess what I'm wondering right now, are we any closer to Julia being able to send an authentic text message? Julia can't text, so we talked to a translator, went on a canoe ride, invoked the dark arts, and reenacted the most cringe-worthy scene from Garden State. Now, it's time to test it. To be honest, we tried a bunch of different things here to test Julia's texting skills. We had her go on the street and send text messages on behalf of random people. You know, this is actually pretty good. I'd be okay to send that. I'm going to hit send right now. Oh my god, she is dead! Wow. We even put together a whole game show. And now on to our final round on... Who's the Real Julia? She'll have only three rounds to get to be But nothing really got to the core of what we were trying to do for her this episode. We forgot this whole thing is about can Julia be her authentic self via text message. And there was only one person who could help with that. Of course. A third Julia. No. Alex, Julia's roommate. We spoke with her at the beginning of this episode. We thought she'd be the perfect judge of Julia's progress. So here's how it works. We phone up Alex and we read her two text messages, each one conveying the same idea. Okay, I'm up for it. One text message is from the real Julia. The other is from Julia's doppelganger. (laughs) Okay. By the way, Julia somehow didn't tell her roommate that she has a super smart, super creepy doppelganger. So we had to explain that whole thing. Well, I really didn't know just to what extent you guys went through here. So we send over the first text. The idea behind this one is simple. A first message on a dating app. Which one of these do you think conveys Julia's authentic self? Okay. Uh, I like your profile. Do you want to meet up and see a show or get a drink together sometime on a date? Okay. Here's message number two. Hey, how's it going? Loving that I get to sneak in a few more patio beers with this weather. Oh, okay. I, I think I know. Message number one is like really forward, especially for Julia. Uh, and then message number two, putting the feels out there, like asking a question Uh, waiting to get some feedback from that first. So she's not actually putting herself in like a yes or no, you have to say, yes, I'd like to go out with you or not. She just gets to see how the conversation flows first and then like warm up. So definitely Julia is message number two. Would you be surprised to know that the actual text message is message number two? You got it completely right. (laughs) I was like, what? Part of me was hoping Alex would get it wrong. Like, Julia will have made so much progress, got so good, that Alex will no longer even be able to recognize her roommate's text messages anymore. I, I wonder, though, like, maybe Julia's just not a message number one-er. Maybe she just doesn't want to be a message number one-er. Maybe she's just a message number two-er, because that's who she is as a person. 
there's two kind of people in the world, message number one or message number two. <laughs> and I guess both options are actually pretty solid text messages. I mean, there's not even any mention of lasagna. Yeah, no, that's like leaps and bounds. She's facilitating a conversation and, and still her. So I think that's really important. This last week has been um, very weird, uh, almost extremely weird. I have learned a lot. I was not expecting to. <laughs> it sounds like she's been applying these skills to her everyday life. Like the other day, she was sending a text message in a group chat at work. It was one of those things where you were just like, yeah, that sounds good. But as you type it, you're like, is this the weirdest sentence that's ever existed? And then I just said it out loud. I was like, no, that sounds totally fine. Sounds to me like this is a whole new Julia. And I love this mental picture of Julia sitting at her desk at work saying messages out loud before she sends them, like just making sure they sound normal to her. Now, I don't know if this is about being normal or if this is more about being authentic. I, I guess it's kind of about both. I was texting with my friend Sam and I was like so cognizant of the fact that I was like, oh my God, we're doing it. We're having a text conversation. Go me. As I was like typing out these responses that were like keeping close to the conversation and not getting too ahead of themselves, all this stuff, I was still like saying some like really stupid shit, <laughs> being like, what? With like eight A's and like a million exclamation marks, talking how I talk, but it was just in a way that I think better communicated what I was trying to say, but it was still in my voice. Sounds like a pretty good translation. Okay, on the count of three, let's try and sum up the big idea of this episode. Are mm -hmm. you ready? Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Translation is hard. I guess everybody just wants to be heard. I said, I guess everybody just wants to be heard. I said translation is hard. Yeah, both pretty good. Yeah. We wanted to celebrate your incredible success here today. Maybe she should close her eyes? Yeah, close your eyes. They are closed. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. <laughs> Yay! Oh, this is perfect. It's a golden trophy of a cell phone. And there's a little plaque that says, better at texting. And I honestly, I'm going to put this. I don't have a fireplace, but I'm going to put it on a bookshelf and just stare at it and look at my accomplishment. I love it. Andrew made it. It's perfect. What? This is homemade? It was very difficult with the sporadic rain today to uh, spray paint up on my deck. But it looks great. It turned out fab. You did it, Julia. We did it, You're guys. You're a texter. You guys did it. You taught me how to text. <laughs> Look at that. Did you think you would? Uh, I knew we'd get somewhere. It doesn't matter, does it? We knew we'd get somewhere. Well, mission accomplished. I'm Rob Norman, and you just heard a podcast called Personal Best. Andrew Norton produces the show. Yasmin Maturan and Jess Shane are our associate producers. Thanks to Yasmin, who effectively summed up this week's episode in one sentence. This lovely woman came in, and then she saw somebody that looked exactly like her, and unexpectedly just... just, like, cried. Who made this week's music? It was Breakmaster Cylinder. Araf Narani is the executive producer of CBC Original Podcasts. We had production help this episode from Cecil Fernandez. Special thanks to Miguel Gauthier and Adam Cauley for their help with the game show. Sorry we cut it. Do you have something that you want to improve about yourself? Drop us a line at imadealasagna at cbc.ca. 
or you can just use our regular email address, personalbest at cbc.ca. In case you don't know how to spell lasagna. L-A-S-A. There's a G somewhere in there. That's the tricky part. There's a G somewhere. Because you finished this entire episode, reward yourself with a Popsicle. You deserve it. For more CBC Original Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash originalpodcasts.